It is Tuesday, November 2nd, and coming up on Golf Today, we spend time with two-time Masters champ Bubba Watson to talk about his new book, Up and Down, Victories and Struggles in the Course of Life. We tackle mental health and the price of stardom. Bubba using his platform to help others. We also chat with Brian Morris, who gave us the story from Bermuda, realizing his dream of playing on the PGA Tour despite battling stage four cancer. What did the week mean for him? What does golf mean to him? David Duvall about to turn 50. We also get visits from Teddy G to talk odds in Mexico. And Paige McKenzie dares us to tell her she's wrong. It's all coming up right here. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. It is golf today on a Tuesday. Shane Baker with Damon Hack. Damon and I have traded in the Halloween candy for salads. Not nearly as much fun chomping on a little salad. We got some golf this week as yeah. well with some big names in the field. I'm excited. We move uh, to Mexico. Speaking of lunch, I had like cucumbers. I had some hummus today. You, you got to kind of reboot the system after <laughs> all that chocolate and candy. Just kind of preparing for Thanksgiving. Yes. It's just kind of that three weeks of, you know, lose the five pounds to gain it back <laughs> the fourth week of November. Well, the PGA Tour, I mentioned, has got a strong field this week, including world number seven. Justin Thomas, he leads the field at the new Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba. New name, same event. Excited to see these players in the field. JT's making his first start since finishing in a tie for 18th at the CJ Cup at the Summit. One thing we appreciate, JT, very open about his goals. These were his goals for 2020-2021. A lot of red... Marks, the X's, you know, he wanted to win five times or more, you know, plus a, 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 not good. Two majors, no. 60% uh, of the fairways, no. Scoring average, no. Not as many green check marks as he would have liked, Shane. And you think of those goals, 2020, 2021 goals, win five plus times you see there. Well, he's actually up to Annie a bit as we head into 2021, 2022. And he mentioned his goals in terms of wins earlier this, this I guess this what? Fall? Fall. Early this fall? Fall. On the Pardon My Take podcast. Give us a prediction uh, or a guarantee. I'll ask for a guarantee. Guarantee, how many wins are you going to get on the tour this year? Mm. A guarantee. Um, I'm going to go with six wow Whoa. okay I don't, I, we have Ballsy. no idea if that's a lot or yeah not. It just it sounds like a lot <laughs> it's, more sounds, than, it's more than max got. how many are there how yeah. many t like 30 yeah 30 probably 35 or i should know that probably 40 ish okay so that is a lot. a lot that's a consider that's a considerable amount of wins that would probably set some records yeah we're trying so six wins in this current PGA Tour, I mean, that's just a number we're not really seeing. And I mean, I understand setting the goals high. Justin Thomas is a player that sets the goals very, very high. Six wins would be a, quite an incredible season. Be a record for him. He won five times in 2017 when he won that first major championship. Of course, won the FedEx Cup as well. And I have no problem with JT setting lofty goals. He's been number one in the world. He's been the best player in the world. But the player that he wants to be, Shane, in the goal setting that he's making, he has not come close of late so do you think it's is it good to put the goal way out there up in the stratosphere he's coming off of a one win season it was a big one 
the players, but even he admitted, did not play the golf for the bulk of the year that he wanted to. Yeah, outside the players, it wasn't a great year for Justin yeah. Thomas in terms of the big events, and that's when kind of the non-golf fan pay attention to golf. They pay attention to the PGA Tour, and I mean, it's been the major championships for Justin Thomas, yeah. and that's kind of been the glaring issue over the course of his very young career. Of course, he won the PGA Championship in 2017. You see the one win, just two top fives, the other one being the 2020 Masters when he was very much not in the hunt headed into Sunday. Nobody really was going to catch Dustin Johnson in 2020. You see five top tens, four missed cuts, and that is in 24 major appearances. D, for Justin Thomas, I think that is the issue. When yeah. you look at Justin Thomas's early career to this point, is he's not playing the way he expects to play on those types of stages. And when I look at the current PGA Tour, Justin Thomas is not in that super-duper star category. I wrote down a list, and we discussed this earlier today. I have Tiger, Phil, Jordan Spieth, Rory, Bryson, Rom, DJ, and Kepka currently kind of in that super-duper star mold. That's outside of mm. playing golf. Okay. They're noticed. Social media, they're noticed. When they play bad, it's a storyline as well. I just don't feel like JT is quite in that world. Are you cool with that list that I present? I, I am cool with the list. I might throw Sergio in there just because he's kind of a magnetic so electric he's here for yep. longevity. I think there's a reason why JT is not on that list right now. When you look at strokes gained over the last five seasons for Justin Thomas, it has been the putter when he was winning that major championship. Look at where he was in strokes gained putting. T43 on the PGA Tour and then 47th in 2018, look at the last three years in terms of strokes gained putting. 144th, 112th, 104th. And look at the ball striking. Tita Green has been in the top five the last five seasons. But the putter has let him down. He's saying he's trying to simplify it, be more athletic. He says that's what he was on that Sunday at Quail Hollow in 2017 when he won the PGA. And right now, he's three-putting a lot. He's overthinking it. He's worried about how his strokes looks Instead of how it feels, he's trying to change that dynamic. Yeah, and, and find a game, again, that works when the courses and the conditions are the toughest. When you go through, and we, we flashed kind of the graphic of how he's played in major championships, yeah. I don't think it totally tells the story. I mean, you go to 2017 and that U.S. Open there, you know, he put together one of the great rounds in major championship history on that yeah. Saturday, and he came out on Sunday, and he got beat by the eventual winner by eight shots. I mean, it was yeah. Kepka that went out there and fired a great round, and it was J2 who, J2 who struggled. He only made one birdie in that final round. You know, he wins that PGA, but that same year, you know, he shoots 80 in the second round yeah. at the Open Championship. It was a surprise round from somebody as talented, and considering the year he was having, very, very surprising from JT. I mean, you go to the 2018 PGA Championship. He starts Sunday four back of Kepka there as well, and he started to make the birdies, and it looked yeah. like JT was going to make a run that we saw eventually from Tiger Woods, and then he faded. Just the last seven holes, no birdies. Played that stretch two over par, and he faded kind of back mm. as Kepka started to make that charge and eventually win in the PGA Championship. I mentioned the 2020 Masters. He was playing catch-up the whole yeah. time. When you look at what JT has done in the major championship outside of the victory, he hasn't really been there late on a Sunday. Yeah. And for JT, he knows that's where he's going to kind of elevate who he is yeah. as a professional golfer. So as you look ahead at 2022, for Justin Thomas, in my opinion, it's finding a way to get the game right for the major championships because when he plays well on that stage, as charismatic as he is, as easy as he is to root for, as mm. talented as he is, and you mentioned the ball striking, D, yeah. this is kind of the guy before Morikawa, right? I mean, JT mm. was calling Morikawa before for sure. Morikawa showed up. For JT, it's finding a way to get the game right 
for those four weeks. If he can play well those four weeks, to me, I think JT is the likeliest of names to join the group I mentioned earlier, the super-duper stars, the guys that don't get dropped from coverage right. when things aren't going well. Yeah, the ball striking puts you in position to win majors, but I think it's the flat stick that ultimately gets you over the top. I think the Kawamurakawa comparison is fantastic when you look at someone who's an incredible ball striker, but it was him getting up and down on that Sunday to win that second open, uh, second major championship, that open championship, to see him hold off a charging Jordan Spieth. He wouldn't let him breathe because he kept making putt after putt. And too many Sundays and weekends on the greens have gone wanting for Justin Thomas. I also think he's putting a lot of pressure on himself and holds himself to an extremely high standard to say, you know what, yeah, I was number one in the, wor in the world for, what, uh, five minutes? I had a drink of co a coffee with the, the number one in the world ranking. And to see him really pressing on the weekends to win major championships. I think it shows up especially on the greens. JT, one of the few players that could go on one of the most popular sports podcasts in the world and say, I think I can win six times next season and us not laugh it off. Yeah. That, that's the level of talent we have I think that's in, in terms of Justin Thomas. Yeah. I do feel like he has all the shots that professional golfers need. Mm. He has everything. We saw it at the we saw it at the players. I mean, some of those drives he was hitting, and some of those you know three woods off tees. I don't really see a lot of pros trying those types yeah. of golf shots. So for JT, again, it's just tightening up a little bit. But I really need JT to come out at Augusta National in 2022 and start off on the right foot. Let's yeah. see a top ten. Let's see a top five. Get it yourself into contention over the weekend. And JT knows this. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're telling him anything. He doesn't know, but for JT to kind of take that next step in 2022 and join the likes of the list we mentioned, I feel like if he plays well enough at the majors and have a great major season, don't have one good major, don't have two good majors, let's see a nice major, four major season and see what happens after that because I feel like JT is one of, what, ten players oh, yeah. that could win multiple majors in a yeah. season, one of ten players that could win six times. I think that's fair, and maybe having a new voice in his ear, having Bones McKay on the bag. You know, we saw what Phil did like a couple weeks after working with Butch Harmon wins the Players' Championship. We saw Rory, you know, weeks after working with Pete Cowan, won at Quail Hollow. Maybe a placebo effect. Maybe just having a, a new energy around him. And Jimmy Johnson was a fantastic caddy, and he's a fantastic caddy. Bones is just a new voice, a new energy, something different. That could be a part of the puzzle as well. I'm excited to see JT in the field this yeah. week, as are so many great players. A look at the notables here at Mayakoba. Abe Answer in the field. Finau's there, Ricky Fowler, Sergio, Victor Hovland. The list goes on and on, D. I mean, yeah. this looks like kind of middle-of-the-season PGA Tour notables. Yeah, it's a fantastic field in November. For more on this field and this week, we turn to our good friend Paige McKenzie for Tell Me I'm Wrong. I mean, Paige is, is never wrong, but, but we'll see. Paige, how are you? I'm great. I feel like there's a little controversy on a Monday. Uh, you guys get to tell me I'm wrong, and obviously some great names in the field. So tell me I'm wrong. Justin Thomas and Abraham Answer, they sit at plus 1,400 at the odds, the top of the list. Tell me I'm wrong. They should not be the favorites this week. Should not be favorites this week. Mm -mm. Hmm. I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I don't think you're wrong. I, 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 I'm, I'm in agreement as well. Yeah, I, I, I would mean, say that. Reeves, I mean, you got some names, you and, know. And considering just kind of recent play, I mean, yeah. you're talking about winning. You're talking about odds to win the golf tournament, not to have a good week, yeah. not to finish fifth. This is about going out and winning. So, Paige, I think we both are in agreement of this. 
Yeah, and I actually, I was a little surprised when I saw their names on the list, and my eye was drawn down the plus 3,000, if you're interested, 30 to 1 at Billy Horschel. Uh, when you consider the last couple of years at this golf course, at this event, he actually has outperformed Abraham Answer and Justin Thomas, and we know he's coming off a win on the European Tour just a few weeks ago. So when you look at recent form as well as who has played well here. I actually think there's pretty good value at Billy Horschel, and I could make the case that he should be the favorite this week. A uh, big name in yeah. the field, Paige, uh, Ricky Fowler is in the field, not the person that you have as the favorite. We've seen some form from Ricky Fowler as of late. Yeah, but I also think you may tell me I'm wrong when I say that that T3 that you're referring to at the CJ Cup, that was an anomaly. An anomaly. Oh, wow. So you, you, you think he, you're saying he, he should have won, not finished T-third. Or you're saying that the high finish, maybe, uh, maybe the play didn't quite fit the high finish. I'm saying that the high finish and the way that he did it was an anomaly. Wow. Uh, he led with the ball striking. He was second in the field. When I say ball striking, that's the combination of total driving as well as greens and regulation. Uh, he was second in the field. And he had negative strokes gain putting. Yeah. In the last five years, he's had 51 top 20 finishes. Only three times has that happened where he's had negative strokes gain putting and still top 20. So the way that he did it was certainly anomaly. I don't know if he'll be able to maintain riding the ball striking and having negative strokes gain putting. No, I think that's fair. He has to get the putter hot, but I think he's also wide awake to that. He knows what he's missed in the last year, not being at the Masters, not being at the U.S. Open. I think with the growing family, I think with some of the things that he's been used to being a part of, you know, Ryder Cup slash President's Cup and missing some things that have been kind of you know, accustomed to his whole professional career, I think he knows he just has to get the putter hot and he'll be right back where he wants to be at a time. He was one of the best two or three putters on the planet. I think his putting stroke is still superior in the game of golf. I don't think it was an anomaly. I think Ricky Fowler will be back to winning golf tournaments shortly, Paige. I'm certain that there will be a lot of people that will be happy if that happens. Uh, very popular player. And speaking of popularity, uh, the PIP program, the Player Impact uh, whatever it's called, performance study, whatever. The social media metric has been a big talking point. The player impact program, that's what it is. Uh, and Brooks Kepka was a big part of that this year. I'm saying, and tell me I'm wrong, that Brooks Kepka is not going to be as big a part of the PIP program next season. I mean, this is the, this is a, the best one yet, Paige. I could not agree with you more on this. I'm with you. It's felt at times from a lot of players, not just Brooks Kepka, that there's been some forced social media activity. And I just feel like this is going to want to be one of those things that goes away over time. I'm 100% with you on this. I don't see as big a push from Kepka in 2021, and I don't think he's going to be as involved in the PIP in 2022. 100%. I mean, Brooks Kepka has to go back to being Batman fighting Bane in that dark alley where it's raining. Oh, Batman, I was raised in the dark. I mean, we need Brooks Kepka to stop worrying about social media and Google impressions and go back to being that major championship behemoth that he has been. I think 2021 in some ways was a distraction with Bryson DeChambeau, not to mention the injuries. This is someone who has said that Tiger and Jack and the major championship records are in play and feasible for him. Not when he's, you know, too busy worrying about 
what Bryce DeChambeau is doing. Put that aside. Go back into the bat cave. Put your body back together and go back to winning major championships and being the most mentally tough player since Tiger Woods that I have called him. It, it just feels like it doesn't quite fit who Kepka is and who Kep Kepka has presented to yeah. us as by being on social, by being yeah. on the cell phone all the time. TikTok. It doesn't seem to me like who Kepka should be yeah. when it comes to being kind of the scary professional golfer yeah. out there, Paige. You know, Kepka was the guy that was menacing when he showed up yeah. to major championships. Well, and I think to your point, there is a deference in which he goes about doing things as if he doesn't care what people think. But social media is the ultimate, like, trying to get acceptance vehicle. So I, I agree with you in that regard. And I think I'm and I'm glad we're all in agreement that we're not going to see any of the social media nonsense next year. It's going to be all talk about what happens inside the ropes. I agree with you, D. It's all about staying healthy, and hopefully we'll see a healthy Brooks Kepka. And maybe, maybe it'll kick off this week. Yes, inside the ropes. Paige, you make us better. You make us smarter. Thanks for putting us to the test on this Tuesday. So coming up next, folks, it's never too early to start looking ahead at the major speed back in the top ten. We're doing a major look ahead. That's going to be fun. Plus, how about a two-time Masters champ Bubba Watson joins the show. He's opening up about mental health, fame, family, and faith in a new memoir, Up and Down. Back after this. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Golf Central Update, brought to you by Callaway Golf. Some cool news this week. Jordan Spieth back in the top 10 in the world. First time since October of 2018, if you can believe it. Wow. Jordan Spieth, one of the great players of this here generation. Got some major championships upcoming in 2022, and we're hoping Jordan Spieth kind of back on the major championship winning portion of his career. He's done well at Augusta National is what I hear, D. He sure has, right from jump, runner-up in 2014 there, one in 2015 in the mix, of course in 16 and yeah this is a part of the calendar that a lot of the golf fans they circle excited about seeing where the majors are going masters pga us open and the open back to the old course He's played well at the old course i like him at the other two venues as well wow. here are the odds to win a major for jordan spieth in 2022 
this via points bet, plus 1,200 at the Masters, plus 1,800 at the PGA Championship. If he did that, he would complete the career Grand Slam, U.S. Open plus 1,800, and slightly better at the Open, just plus 230, D. Like that. It's two to one odds, basically, for Jordan Spieth to win a major next year. Mm. So, talking Jordan Spieth, and we just spent a little bit of time talking Justin Thomas in these major championships. Yeah. When you dive into these two players, very, very similar ages, right. Jordan Spieth, Seems to be in major championships, no matter if he's playing great or if he's playing poorly. Majors are where we see Jordan yeah. play his best golf. Which is amazing. His short game is unbelievable. That's a huge part of it. But I also just think it's almost who he is. He's warmed to the big moment, majors or, or not, since he was a young man in this game, a teenager. I mean, this is someone who, you know, won two U.S. junior amateurs, someone who finished tied for 16th as a 16-year-old in a PGA Tour event in his backyard at the Nelson. He was a low... Low amateur in the U.S. Open. He was a runner-up in the Masters, in his first Masters, and of course now a three-time major champ. There is something about the makeup of the major, the stress that it puts on the player, knowing that you're going to be tested to the hilt, knowing you are going to miss greens. There will be moments of frustration, and those for a lot of players can be frustrating. For Jordan Spieth, traditionally, there have been moments to shine. Jordan Spieth is a guy that wants the ball. He's always wanted yeah. the ball. You think about when we were really seeing Jordan Spieth struggle, kind of at the start of 2018 into 2019 and into 2020. In 2018 and 2019, his best finishes on the PGA Tour were at major championships. Amazing. This is a guy that puts himself in contention at major championships when the game is not there. Think mm. about Carnoustie in 2018. We really hadn't mentioned Jordan Spieth for years it really felt like and he got himself there in contention at that open championship I mean Jordan Spieth is a major champion candidate yeah and he's a really big Grand Slam candidate and when you look at the players that are trying to complete the career Grand Slam to me Jordan Spieth is the heavy heavy favorite mm. in this department Phil Mickelson who knows what Phil's going to do yeah. at a U.S. Open after what we just saw at the <laughs> PJ Championship. I am not counting Phil Mickelson out at a major. But when you think about Rory McIlroy yeah. going to Augusta National every year, this kind of our name of bet, if you will, Golf Channel's name of bet, Spieth, McIlroy, Mickelson, or even Brooks Kepka if he wins mm. two majors in 2022 to complete a Grand Slam next Ooh. year is plus 600. That's the odds considering the big names involved there. But when you look at who could complete this, yeah. really the players with one major left, to me, Rory's is the toughest road. I mean, yeah. Rory's got to go to Augusta National. He's got to the same place every year. He knows all about the golf course. And as much as that golf course fits his golf game, all of the memories of what's happened in the past are there. The long wait, the anticipation. It's really, really hard to win a Masters in general. It's even tougher to win a Masters when you're trying to complete their career grand slam. It's only happened once. It was 90 years yeah. ago. You can talk about Gene Sarazen. When you look at Jordan Spieth in a PGA Championship, I think it's a major that he can win. Yeah. I think it's a major championship that he will win. And I think you can go to these different golf courses that some might fit his game and some might not. I love that you mentioned Rory and the Masters because the story of the Masters is as much calamity, in my opinion, as it is about victory. And we think about... You know, the close calls for the Tom Weisskopf, the, the Greg Normans. We think about, you know, Kenny Perry, who had an arm in a green jacket. I think about those close calls and those folks who came so close to winning it. And then you go back year after year. And I think that Rory McIlroy, in a lot of ways, has to look at this and, and, and kind of accept the pressure and know he's going to be peppered with questions. I was listening to Tom Brady talk about playing the Patriots and going back to New England and replaying what he thought it would be. This is what's going to happen. These are the questions I'm going to be asked this week. This is how I'm going to feel walking out of the tunnel. This is the, the faces I'm going to see. And I thought that Rory, and it was very instructive to me that in Portrush he didn't handle it as well because he tried to treat it as just a, any other major, any other open. 
when he was going to hear that familiar Irish brogue and see faces that he would know and have emotions that he would never feel before. He needed to anticipate that. Roy needs to anticipate being uncomfortable at Augusta. And what I mean by that is if you anticipate it being awkward and you being the center of attention and being asked all these questions, when are you going to do this? What happened to you in 2011 when you had the four-shot lead? You almost have to get all that out of the way, accept it, and know it's going to be a part of the buildup so you're not surprised by anything when the week arrives. Tom Brady has done it his entire career. I think Rory McIlroy could take a page from that. Expect the unexpected so nothing surprises you in trying to complete one of the greatest tasks in this game. Yeah, I mean, you don't walk up to the circus and go, the tent's small, and those elephants right. I thought would be bigger. The tent's big, the elephants are big, the yes. Masters is huge for yes. Rory McIlroy. Yes. This is one of the most honest athletes that we have in sport today mm. is Rory McIlroy, and I'm with you 100%, D. It's felt a little deflective over the years yeah. at Augusta National. Just accept the fact that this is the biggest week in my schedule. Yeah. This is the biggest week of my year. I know what comes with winning on Sunday. I yeah. feel like Rory is so unbelievable at always accepting what happens, yeah. always being honest when asked a question of what's happening personally or where your golf game is or what you're working on or how you're feeling. Yeah. Those seven days, eight days, nine days, whatever it is, it does feel like he puts the shield on. Yeah. Lose the shield, man. You're Rory McIlroy. We know you have the game to contend and compete and to win at Augusta National. I think he's probably as surprised as we are that yeah. he hasn't won at Augusta National mm. yet, but I think slipping on that green jacket is just going to get tougher and tougher each year for Rory. And when you look at these players trying to do this, trying mm. to join the elite of the elite in terms of mm. golf and become a Grand Slam champ, when you look at the players that do this and the way Jordan Spieth has competed in major championships, I'd not be surprised if it was 2022 yeah. that he finishes this thing off. Jordan seems to be a favorite to win the career Grand Slam ahead of Rory. Very difficult to do it at Augusta National. Bubba Watson's won the Masters a couple, times. A couple of times. And coming up, he's going to join us share more about his new book plus play a little game called from one to bubba look at that right hand is lefty swings that's gonna be fun one to bubba <laughs> you got a lefty swing yeah, i got a bad lefty swing Dietz and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever what's that mean it means never cutting corners ever it means cooking not processing it means our virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection then twice baked to layer the flavors it takes more time but you can taste the difference we come to work every day to do it the right way even if it's the hard way because if it's not right for us it's not right for you Dietz and watson it's a family thing since 1939 the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because I had the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. 
Welcome back to Golf Today. In his new book, Up and Down, Victories and Struggles in the Course of Life, two-time Masters champ Bubba Watson shares his story of achieving success on the golf course and how reaching a breaking point professionally and personally led him to examine what really mattered in his life. It's great to have Bubba with us on this Tuesday. Bubba, books are sometimes written at the end of a career or at retirement. You're still playing. Why was now the right time for you to write this book? Um, for me personally, I, I needed to voice it. I needed to uh, share. Uh, it helps me. It helps me um, get past my struggles, get past the, the stuff that I was feeling inside. But it inspires. I was trying to inspire other people. Um, there's a lot of things that we're going through. Forget golf, right? It's just life in general is very, very difficult. And, I, you know, even you two guys up there, there's probably something that's went on in y'all's lives um, are going to go on in your lives or going on right now. Um, and I think every parent has a struggle. Every parent has the same story. So I think parents in general, uh, we're all dealing with something. And so, um, you know, it's just something I wanted to share. And if I could change one person or help one person, inspire one person, it's well worth it. It could be hard to do, though, Bubba, to be so vulnerable. How much convincing did it take for you to do this, or was it appealing right away? Um, books in general weren't appealing to me uh, just because – what am I going to talk about? And then when I went through what I went through in 17, when I went through what I went to starting in 15, 16, and then to 17, I dropped down to 162 pounds. And it wasn't um, uh, an element that I had, like blood work or heart or lungs or liver, any of that kind of stuff. It was just an element that I had in my head. And um, I was losing weight. And, you know, I, I just I wanted to voice it. I, I wanted to, just to share and, and try to get people to uh, – to see what I was going through, and it was easy to uh, it was easy to do that. It was easy to do that and, and get it off my chest, but also try to help people. And so the convincing at this stage of my life was very easy. Uh, writing a golf book would have been better word miserable because <laughs> what am I going to talk about? Right? It's like hey, I hit a golf ball. Um, and so for me, it was about it was about the other things. Golf was just involved in it, um, but golf wasn't the cause of it uh, of my struggles. It was just a small piece of what caused all the stuff to topple over at some point. Bubba, what do you think 22-year-old Bubba Watson would say about 42-year-old Bubba Watson, writing a book, talking about mental health, being a leader in sports on the subject? What do you think your younger self would have thought? <laughs> There's a lot of words that come to my mind, but, um, you know, um, a dummy, I, I guess. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but that's what I would probably say to my younger self because, I, I mean, my younger self would say to my older self because um, – you know, I didn't know any better. I was so immature. I was so focused on being the best golfer I could be, focused on my career, uh, when that was part of the stuff that that, that hurt me. Um, now, older Bubba, talking to younger Bubba, uh, he, would, he would tell him that you're going to go through some struggles. Social media is going to start up, and, and that's going to hurt you a little bit. 24-hour um, news cycle is going to hurt you a little bit, but, but you know, you're going to come out of it um, going forward. And, and so you've got a lot of positives. Uh, but the few negatives are going to be some negatives that are going to hit you really hard and um, just keep grinding through it. And that's that's my focus today is just keep grinding through it and try to help as many people as I can. Bubba, books don't appear out of thin air. What was the process like working with the writer Don Yeager in terms of hours spent, interviews, et cetera? Ah, uh, man, the pandemic happened. And so um, that's when I had a lot of free time, um, had give or take 90 days before the next next shot was hit on the on the tour. 
And um, we started dreaming up this idea. And uh, me and my right-hand man, uh, we started thinking about it, my wife. And um, gosh, every Tuesday and Thursday, I told my family I had a call. It would go from an hour and a half to two to two hours uh, every Tuesday and every Thursday. Uh, we set that schedule. And um, man, I'd have to say 100 hours of him listening to my voice. Uh, and then we had to put it all together. We had to come up with the chapters and what we're going to talk about it. And I only wanted to do the book if it had a chance to help somebody. I'm not saying it's going to help somebody, but I wanted to help try to help somebody. And hopefully it does. It helped me for sure. It helped me voice it. And um, when I hear it come out of my mouth, it helps me focus on the right things. Um, but it was many hours of this. And then um, we did it ourselves all the way up to the point where picking out colors and, and fonts and different things like that. That's when we went to a publishing company and, and they helped us tremendously um, get it out. Bob, I remember speaking to you at Torrey Pines at the U.S. Open. You seemed as comfortable in, in your skin as I can recall. But for so long, we saw the Bubba in overalls, making videos, riding the hoverboard. But you were a private person and sometimes suffering with anxiety. How much did you feel like you had to almost play a role as a younger man? Oh, I'm still playing a role, um, you know, because people call me a golfer. Um, you know, you, you call me a golfer, your limits in who I am as a person. Um, when when I did interviews younger younger in my career, when I did interviews, people would twist my words or or say I'm this or say I'm that, and it was all negative. And I, I remember uh, in 17 saying I'm going to quit golf. Well, I've said why, and I said because everybody's writing negative things about me. I, I can't deal with it. And um, she says. But if you're a good person and you're trying to do the things that you want to do, who cares about what everybody else says? So play golf because you love it. And so those were hard words. I mean, it's hard to do interviews and, and tell the people your issues because you're going to get judged. Uh, for some reason, we all think we're good judges. And, uh, and I'm not saying I've never judged anybody, but I've definitely judged. And um, so I had, to, I had to hear those words. I had to come out of it. Um, and now I'm, I'm excited about doing interviews. I'm excited to talk about my failures, and, and I'm trying to go forward um, because that's how I'm going to go forward. If somebody doesn't call me out, I can't learn. I can't think about it and get better. And, um, but as a young, as a young Bubba, um, the interviews scared me because people would twist my words and say negative things or say Bubba's this or Bubba's that or Bubba's not a good golfer. So it hurt me. I'm like, why are they, why are they talking about me? I'm just giving, I'm giving my best every I can't help it if I don't win. Uh, we're not all Tiger Woods. And so, you know, I, I've had to learn those things and I've had to um, fake it. I've had to fake who I am. I've had to uh, be somebody else. And 24-hour um, news cycle, um, it's a hard thing to live in, especially when cameras everywhere, um, as we've seen throughout not only athletes, but other parts, other workers, other different people in this world. I mean, it's a, it's a scary place to uh, be so-called celebrity. So, Bubba, that brings up the question, where does golf fit currently in your life? Is it still still near the top? Do you still love playing, or have other things kind of taken its place? No, golf is still at the top. Y'all don't talk to me if I don't play golf. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, you know, I, when I say that, I, I can't help other people. I can't voice what I'm going through to show other people. Um, you know, the platform of charity dollars, the platform of um, helping other people. The, the children's hospital doesn't help happen without me being a golfer. Um, and when I say hopping, it happens, but I wouldn't be part of it. Um, and so it's a blessing that to do my legacy in other ways, but golf is a part of it. Golf has helped me beyond belief. It's made me so blessed in my life. Um, a small piece of golf has hurt me, 
and that's the media side and different things like that. And three putting, three putting always hurts everybody. But um, and so, you know, I've had to learn these things. But golf is always going to be part of my life. I mean, it's given me the platform to talk about many things uh, and positive things. You know, I, I I try not to talk about too many negative things to the media. It's always about positive and how we can get better and how I can get better as a person and and grow the game, but also help people not only in the game, but in everyday life. You know, Michael Phelps has talked about mental health, Simone Biles, Naomi Osaka, Calvin Ridley of the Falcons. What has been the response from the public and from fans who have watched you so openly embrace a, a topic that is a little bit maybe confusing or even scary to talk about? Yes, it's very scary to talk about. That was a, that was a good one there. Um, you know, since I announced the book and started talking differently um, in my interviews, um, players, caddies, fans, uh, volunteers, sponsors, um, people I just see on the street uh, talking, um, are applauding me for speaking up. And, and truthfully, I think athletes in general, so-called celebrities in general, are um, we're the we're the um, we have the platform. But really, when we start digging into this, I, I think we're going to see that that police officers, firemen, doctors, nurses, um, teachers are dealing with a lot in schools. Um, we're going to start seeing military men and women. I mean, this is something that's not only athletes. It's not happened to athletes. It's happened to everybody. And so, um, you know, I think we're just the platform to get people to start focusing on this more, doctors to learn about this more, and how we can help people. And if I was helping somebody today, I would tell them just to voice it. Find somebody they can truly trust. Voice what you're going through. They probably have something that they're going through. And the same with my wife. I had to voice with her. 17 years of marriage. I can finally talk to her 100% sharing everything with her. And I was trying to be a man and not share with her my first part of our marriage. But now I believe I share everything with her. She knows everything and I know everything going on with her where our communication lines are now open and we can really grow in our marriage. Well, but that's remarkable because the better you play, the more high profile you'll become, the, the stronger or louder your message. So what is left for you to accomplish as a golfer in your mind? <laughs> I'm trying to beat Rory McIlroy at winning the Masters this coming up year. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I mean, I want to win. I got two, but I want three. You know I mean? We're all athletes. Um, I just got to learn to not pound over the three putts and the, and the, and the messed up bunker shots. But other than that, you know, we're, we're trying to win. And you're right. The, the, the money, um, the, the prize money, the, the platform, there's so many ways I can help people. Um, not only voicing, but with, with dollars, with energy, with showing up to places. Um, so the bigger the platform, I, I want to embrace it now. I want to do it the right way. And, and the better I play, the more people I can help because I can talk. And the more, more dollars I can donate to charity and, and be a part of things. All right, Bubba, something that you haven't accomplished yet, but I'm, I've, I've said for years I think you can. We sat in a room in Scottsdale years ago, and I said outside of kind of Augusta National, I thought the perfect golf setup for you was the old course at St. Andrews. We're going back to the old course at St. Andrews in 2022. You, you got a chance to win there? Are you going to be kind of slinging around the golf course and hitting those little field shots uh, up close? Well, you know, me and, me and St. Andrews have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the wind delay the last two times. I think at 10 and 15, there was a wind delay, right? And um, and so I've been in the middle of that wind delay. And so that golf course is too up right now. It is waxing <laughs> me. Um, so I just want to I just want to be out of a wind delay for one time. And then we'll work about worry about winning, you know. But right now, I'm just trying to get out of the wind delay. 
Hey, old course, give Bubba a break for goodness Good sake. Don't, don't, don't be hammering him with the wind again. All right, <laughs> Bubba, we got a game to, to get you out on this. This is uh, from one lefty to another. This is from one to Bubba, and we put together some left-handed golf swings from right-handed golfers over the year, okay? So these are actual right-handed golfers that are swinging lefty, either for fun or in an actual golf tournament, and we want you to rate the swing one, two, or Bubba. You got it? Yes. You're locked in. All right, we're going to start with a man that I think is a scratch golfer lefty. This is VJ wow. Singh. This is the 01 Skills Challenge. We nearly made a hole-in-one lefty. One, two, or Bubba? Uh, VJ is phenomenal. I've watched him hit balls after balls on the range. And, um, yeah, he's phenomenal from both sides. I mean, it just looks athletic from both sides. So oh. that'd, be a, that'd be a Bubba for sure, if, maybe better. <laughs> Here he is at the 05 yeah, Players crazy. Bubba as well. I mean, this is this swing is too good. Right. It, it brings me it brings me back in the day. Like, why don't you just try it left handed? See if he's good enough to make the tour that way. All right. So oh. that's 2012. That was Corey Pavin, little punch out lefty, Bubba. Man, you're you're giving me guys that are better than me, man. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, he's Bubba. I mean, this guy's he's one of my idols. He's a bulldog. How about Rory? You you talked about you know beating him for the the green jacket. How about him at 2014? Oh, man, Rory, he's terrible. Um, <laughs> I say he's, I'm trying, you know, you see, I'm trying to get in his head. So he's watching this. You're he with him. You're out there at the visor. All right, there's Bryson. There's big Bryson, Bryson going lefty. So if you look at that, you see his foot. His foot, he lost his foot in there a little bit. He's oh. strong, but that, that foot, he lost his foot. It was the front foot, too, which was weird. But <laughs> All right, here's Justin Thomas, Bubba. This is 2020. WGC up against a tree, just trying to punch it out, just get it back and play. Well, first of all, he's got his glove in his back pocket flopping around. That's weird in general. <laughs> I can't get past the glove. I've never put my glove in my back pocket. That's the weirdest thing to me because I've got sensory issues, but that's the weirdest thing to me, so I'm, I can't even look at a swing. All right, Nelly Corda going left. Nelly Corda. So I will have to say, for the record, Nelly sent me some photos of her brother, her, and her sister, and – her swing is actually better than her brother and her sister's left-handed. So, yeah, she's good. She's a, I'll give her a, whatever, a three. What is it? A Bubba. Oh, sorry, a Bubba. Bubba. All right, that's a Bubba. How about Brooks Kepta? Beefy Brooks. Oh, oh, Brooksy. I, you know what? I truly love Brooks. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him, except when he flexes. That's weird. But, um, you know, I'm going to give him a Bubba because he wants everybody in the world to think he's so tough. And, man, he is so weak when he gets home. Oh man! Get right in his kitchen. I love oh, it. Get literally, right, literally. I, I, get in his kitchen. Start cooking some food. Know. I'm right, into right. it. Exactly. Let the world know he is weak. He is weak. He looks tough, but he is weak at home. Hey, Bubba, that, that, that cover of the book you're holding a persimmon driver. Can you get the persimmon driver out there? 300? Do you think or no? Oh man, I would. I'm gonna just let's just be honest. No, I, a couple of years ago, maybe, but not now. Um, yeah, that's the old ping driver. I mean, that's the old persimmon. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you, the font that you chose, the picture that you chose, everything is top shelf, and I know the words inside will help a lot of people. Bubba, thanks so much for your time. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thank y'all. Thanks for having me. Thanks. There he is, two-time Masters champ, Bubba Watson, and that is Teddy G from. B-dub to Teddy G. Teddy G up next? Will he have the gold chain? He, he owes you an apology. He does. Lock of the week. That's next. Golf Today.
by the way, yeah. this is where last week's locks live. In the trash. This is where they're living. Let's, let's, they let's get them back. Let's get them okay. back up top. This one's not going to be in the trash. Here. This will be on the shelf. P. Reed. Patrick Reed. Highest ranked player in this field at number 24. I'm top 10 in him this week. Okay. Is that what's plus the Plus 250. Oh, you're getting plus money on I'm getting plus one. money for a top 10 for, for P. Reed, who wasn't at the Ryder Cup. And listen, hasn't been playing well of late. I know. No top 10s since Memorial. That's a long time ago. But I'm looking at the forecast, and I'm seeing wind. And wind tells me a lot of missed greens. And we know that P. Reed has a short game that will not quit. So considering he's number 24 in the world, considering I got top 10 and it's plus money, I am very comfortable the Masters champion will be able to finish in the top 10. Damon, I'm going to say this. I'm a little little disappointed in you. I thought there'd be a little more creativity. Like we tell our kids, I'm not upset, just a little disappointed. (laughs) Top guy in the field, top 10. You can do that any week. And wouldn't you know, Teddy Greenstein appoints Ben joins us on this Tuesday. And the, the floor is yours. Apology. Go ahead, Teddy G. Okay. How's this? How's this? I am not worthy of Damon. That was a great call. Uh, the wind turned out to be your friend. Uh, great move there. Now, knowing Patrick Reed as we do, he was probably just so insulted that you didn't take him to win outright or as a top five that he was going to show you and show us all. But uh, he cashed easily for you. So that was a great pick compared to mine. David Lipsky, womp womp, did not even make the cut. <laughs> Steven Jaegerbaum beat him. So props to you, Damon. You got me last week. Apology accepted. Yeah, Teddy G, you and I kind of in the same boat. But we, we, we moved past uh, the lock of the week, the Damon Hack Memorial Lock of the Week, and we moved to our name of bet. I got close, Teddy. Mm. I got very, very close with my Owen Brown name of bet. Yeah, Olin came through with the six. He made a double bogey on a par four. Couldn't squeeze out the deuce on a par three. Sad, but you also inspired him clearly on Friday. The man shot 69, barely missed the cut. A fine performance for uh, a gentleman of 62 years. Yeah, 62 years of age. The name of bet was Olin Brown would make a six and a two in the opening round points bet. Dug deep and found the number for that. And as, as Teddy mentioned, 15th. He made the six, no birdies on a par three, though. Very, very close. How about the odds at Mayakoba? What stands out to you, Teddy G? Yeah, Damon, there's been a shakeup at the top of the board. This is very unusual considering no players have exited the field. But Abraham Answer was plus 2,500 when our odds were first put up. So props to all the points bet clients who got him at that number. A lot of support for Answer. People see he's got a good track record at this event, finished T21 or better the last four years, and, of course, the top Mexican in the field. All right, as a result, the other guys, all the odds are longer. So JT opened at 11-1, to Victor Hovland was 16, Finau 22, and Billy Ho 25. So if you like any of those guys, you're getting better, uh, a better potential payday. Now, if you want another way to support Abraham Answer, check out my name of bet, which asks, will he break 70 in all four rounds? And that has been boosted to plus 215. A little intel here. He has shot 69 or better at Mayakoba 70% of the time. (laughs) Our traders figure he's going to do it now about 80% of the time, more experienced, better player. So then we just had to figure out if he's going to do it 80% of the time, what are his chances to do it in four consecutive rounds? That comes to about 40%. 
So considering you're getting plus 215 here, that is a strong offering. Wow. Teddy, you said he, he was plus 2,500 and moved to plus 1,400. Do you guys see that much movement for a player that's a favorite of a golf event much? That seems like a massive move from where they was originally set. It, it is that, and I asked our traders, and Shane, the answer to that is no. This almost never happens unless you have somebody exiting the field. Like, you know, Dustin Johnson had some – some midweek uh, goodbyes early last week that really shook things up. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people came in, they looked at those odds early, and they said, Abraham, answer, good player, playing in his native country here, and uh, I like him. So I think it was only up for about an hour, <laughs> plus 2,500, <laughs> but that was enough time for some people to feast. All right. How about the odds for the Portugal Masters? You got Matt Wallace, the guy you kept Shane from hitting a lock of the week a couple weeks ago. Yeah, our traders, this is clearly an in-your-face to Shane. I mean, there's just simply no other ex possible explanation here. I mean, Matt Wallace is 64th in the world, and yet he's at the top of our board here. So... I mean, Shane, how does this feel to be uh, insulted like this from PointsBet? You know, Teddy, it hadn't been a great month, I'd say, for me uh, over the last few weeks, <laughs> and I'm just going to take another L. I mean, I'm taking L's left and right. I might as well take one from you guys as well. All right, Teddy G, you've written about L's and W's as a sports writer. What's it like kind of looking through sports in uh, the, the points bet lens, odds, long shots, locks, name a bet, et cetera? You know, Damon, I, I tell people now my only loyalty is to my wallet. So I grew up a fan of the Yankees and the Jets and, you know, even my alma mater, Northwestern. So I, I took my kids to Evanston on Saturday for the Minnesota Northwestern game, and I wanted to incentivize them a little bit. So I told my girls, if Northwestern covers the seven and a half points, you guys each get $5. So I, I want them to be thinking about money, be thinking about odds whenever they are cheering. Probably pretty warped, but that's how it goes in the Greenstein household. <laughs> you know, I tried this with my wife years ago. I said 10%. 10% of a bet I would give you. I mean, oh, we, yeah. we share the same bank account. It doesn't matter. It was, a, it, was, it was a failed project for us. She still doesn't really care about <laughs> the bets I have. Uh, Teddy, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the Yankees. It's the World Series. D-Hack yep. has asked me not to bring up the World Series after the early exit from the Dodgers. <laughs> but uh, where are we sitting with potentially a couple games left. Yeah, some bitterness here with the White Sox and uh, obviously the Cubs uh, fading in, in the summer. But right now tonight on points bet, um, the Astros minus 136. So solid favorites to win tonight. The Bravos plus 115. The over-under total on runs scored is 8.5. Now, my betting interest is strictly on Adam Duvall of the Braves because I have him at 30-1 to 1 to win MVP, and he is down at plus 550. So let's do some stuff, Duvall, and let's uh, hope the Bravos close him out. What are you guys pulling for tonight? I'm pulling for Dusty Baker You're going as dusty. a former Dodger, you know, Dodger player. I, I loved him. I, and I, I, root for the, I root for any of these series to go the league. Okay. Yeah, I want him yeah. to go as long as possible. I love sport. I want yeah. to see more sport. That's the only thing I root for. Teddy G, no uh, gold chain yet, but you look like a pit boss. You look tough. <laughs> look Thanks for the time, pal. Would love for you to buy and send me a chain, and then I will wear it with pride. Until then, <laughs> he could. Look how much money this guy's guys. winning. I can he can that. buy multiple chains. Lock, Lock of the week, man. Platinum diamonds. I need a lot of ice. Come on. All right. Uh, look for Teddy G next week. We'll see what he's dressed like. Now, folks, they say the answer is in the dirt. It's not in the Greens reading nope. book. So, yeah, a new proposed rule could change how the game is played by the pros. That's next. Let's go.
Still to come on golf today, the emotional, inspirational story of Brian Morris, who made his PGA Tour debut last week at the Bermuda Championship while he battles stage four brain cancer. Brian will join the show here in just a bit. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Welcome back to Golf Today. Damon Hack alongside Shane Bacon. And here's what you need to know on this Tuesday. On Monday evening, a memo sent to PGA Tour members in Caddy circulated around Twitter that highlighted a potential new rule currently being worked on by the USGA and RNA that would alter yardage and green reading books as we know them. Players and caddies will only be able to use a committee-approved yardage book once the rule goes into effect. The memo said the new books would resemble a traditional book with only general information on slopes and other features. Yeah, some key takeaways from what we're learning about this proposed rule. You see committee-approved yardage books to replace existing form. New books will resemble traditional books, as you said, D. Handwritten notes limited to player and caddy on reading greens will continue to be allowed so you can write in your book. Use of any device to test the conditions of the putting green will not be allowed. So you can't bring out the devices on these greens. And this, of course, will take effect January 1st of 2022. And for more, we send it over to George Savarikas. Guys, you shared the news which broke late last evening. For a lot of players in the field, they had Monday as a travel day here to Mayakoba. So they either caught wind of it late Monday night or early today before making their way to El Camilion for their practice round. It's always fascinating to me how the PGA Tour communicates a proposed change like this to their membership. Guys telling me it was just simple email in their inbox. Some of them either decided to read it or skimmed it. Others went over it in granular detail so they could understand exactly what the proposed changes are coming into 2022. Let's hear from some of the players in the field with their reaction to the news. We uh, had a good meeting there at the Memorial, the, the PAC, and honestly, it was a unanimous decision. All 16 of us said we, we feel that uh, reading greens and analyzing our surfaces is an integral part of, of uh professional golf but golf in general it's, it's a skill and um, we, we all felt that it was it was time for those to go and so uh, made the decision what was the dialogue like with those internal discussions to get to that point that was the gist I mean Andy and Jay asked us our thoughts and kind of one by one we went around and we said hey this is a skill this is an important part of the game and, and um, you need to we think it, it should be individual and it should be you and your caddies work and and um, that was kind of it. As soon as we took the, the vote and, and found out it was unanimous, then we heard European Tours pack was unananimous on it on it too. It was pretty much a, a done done deal at that point. Obviously, we have a, the PJ Tour has a system they use with the player directors and the player advisory council to come up with something. It was something that was brought to us uh, by the players middle of last year that uh, there was concern that the technology was getting uh, pretty good and we sort of lost the art of uh, reading greens on the PJ Tour and uh, it was actually pretty simple on the player side. I mean, it was, it was over, overwhelming in that meeting that the players wanted to get rid of the green screen material. The hard part from there on was how do you write the rule? How do you write it? How do you enforce it? And that's something we're probably going to battle, battle through for a little bit. And uh, we're going to have to educate the players out here on that extensively. And uh, you know what? It's going to be a new year and uh, we're not going to, you're not going to see guys looking down at books and reading greens uh, via a book. How are they going to enforce it? I'm not, the rules officials are going to uh, have to enforce it. Obviously, the inte integrity in this game, it shouldn't be a problem. We, we call, if the ball moves, we, we say something, we repl now replace it back. And uh, You know what? It's one of those things, uh, if you're 
because the technology's out there. If your book mirrors everything, you're probably cheating and there'll be a pretty harsh uh, penalty for that. But if you, if you go out and do your work, and I know the guy do Aimpoint out here, and you can put degrees in your book and sort of mark it out there, that's fine. That's what we want you guys to do. We don't want you to do your homework. But there's not going to be any, any uh, material or devices be able to be on the green engineering practice round. So everything you obtain now is going to be via your own self and own uh, research. So there's a, there's a risk that guys will peer into that book to make sure their information is right. But uh, I don't think people are going to be copying that. I'm hoping that they're not going to be copying that, and that's the integrity of this game, and, uh, and that's what we're going to have to live with. Charlie Hoffman did say there had been some dissenting voices back over the summer when the PGA Tour Players Advisory Council had discussed this with their membership group. Bryson DeChambeau had been one of those players who had been vocal in saying that he had his concerns if PGA Tour green reading books were eliminated going forward. will be interesting to hear what DeChambeau has to say once he comments publicly on the proposed changes for 2022. Yes, it will. George Savarikas in Mexico. Your thoughts? Is this good for the game? I think it's good for the game going forward. I think you, you need to make sure you're placing barriers in front of things that could potentially get out of hand. Mm -hmm. And we've seen kind of the evolution of this pretty quickly. It's very, very interesting. I, I was talking to Scott Fawcett earlier today, who's the brains behind Decade Golf, used by a lot of professional golfers. And something that I found so interesting is he said that a lot of things in terms of putting with the books, it's a distraction. You're out mm -hmm. there trying to take time before you hit certain putts. It can, in turn take more time and be slower, but it can also be a distraction to the golfer. You're taking the athleticism out of being a golfer. What would you say to start the show today about Justin Thomas and yeah. his body? And he wants to be more of an athlete. And to me, this is a little bit more scientific. But I think, you know, short term, the impact of this will be way greater than what we've seen in mm. terms of the driver length. A lot of players use these books. A lot of really important yeah. and big names. Some of those super-duper stars that I talk about, they pull the books out and they use them because they're available. The information is there. To take that immediately out of the hands of a player that's been relying on this information for most of their lives, and when you think about 25, 26, 27-year-olds in professional golf, I mean, this was introduced when they were teenagers. Mm. I mean, for those players, this is what putting – has been yeah. so I think short term you could see a big change to certain players out there that are used to pulling the books out on every green and getting as much information as possible including Bryson DeChambeau I like that this will speed up play I do think that green reading is a skill and I think that it's been lessened through the years I do wonder like Charlie Hoffman how do you enforce this knowing that players could easily write down information from golf tournaments and courses that they've already played and transfer them to like a a, a regular yardage book. And that, that's where Charlie said, well, that's where the integrity in the game comes in. But I wonder, will, will these rules officials be around there, like, looking to see what the players have in their books? Will this become like the driver test where you test to make sure that your, your COR is within the rules of golf? I, I wonder if it's going to be like, okay, we're going to trust the players not to bring any of that information from the current yardage books and the green readings books to the current situation. You know, I, I don't watch a whole bunch of baseball, D, so I'm not exactly sure when this started. Okay. But something I've noticed in the playoffs is when the pitcher walks off the mound, headed to the dugout, now there's an umpire that goes over and checks the hat and checks yeah. the glove yeah. to make sure there's no interference, right? There's nothing right. illegal. There's not a substance involved right. in what that pitcher was using. This seems like a very easy thing to do on the first tee mm. as players are counting clubs or checking manufacturers, things that happen on first tees from time to time. At tournaments, you just simply look at the book. Yeah. You look at the flip through the book, you're good to go. And then if a player pulls out a different book yeah. during the course of play, that's a whole different discussion. Yeah. Because you heard Charlie Hoffman use a word that we hate to use in golf. Yes. And that was cheat. Yes. Cheating. 
And this would be, in theory, cheating if you're pulling out a book yes. you're not allowed to pull out. So I think you have to, at times, rely on the player to be yeah. honest in a sport that has leaned on honesty its entirety. Since it was invented and yes. since it was started, it was a gentle person's game yes. where it was all integrity-based. So for players, it's about doing that. And it's about living up to that. And if you don't, the discussion changes quickly. But I think it's important. And I think what we've seen over the last couple of years with the USGA and the RNA is it's not exactly about the rule right now, but it's about what yep. could happen. It's about 2025 and 2030. I think about this with social media, D, sometimes. Like, where are we now with social media? But where could it go? Yeah. Are we going to have an app eventually that just follows you around all day long? It's just a video of your day-to-day. It's a complete. I feel like we're there. Video. We're getting yeah, close. Yeah. But I mean, when does that stop? When yeah. does your privacy start and your public life stop? Mm. And, and we, we obviously, that water's getting murkier and murkier. And I wonder the same thing with certain sports rules. And to the people in charge of these things, getting in front of it now is way more important than letting it get out of hand and then having to rein it back. Hopefully, in. shame is still a, a, a feeling in life because I tell you what, there's a lot of dollars out there and, and shame doesn't seem to be as strong as it was maybe 20. 30 or maybe I'm an old fogey. No, I, I mean, it's, it's a great point. I mean, you, you, you have to shame, be embarrassment, shamed, embarrassed, and also called out again. Yeah. I go back to the term. Yeah. We don't use the word cheat in golf. Yeah. Because when you write cheat on mm. a player's name, it follows them for the rest of their careers. But certain rules are going to be put into the professional yeah. golf world mm. moving forward. Some big, big, important rules. Mm. And players are going to have to follow mm. these rules or that word should float around yeah. with what they're doing. A story to follow in 2022. Now, coming up on Golf Today, how about a great story? One of the best of the entire year. Brian Morris made his PGA Tour debut last week at the Bermuda Championship while battling stage four brain cancer. Brian will join the show next. Welcome back to Golf Today, Thursday at the Bermuda Championship. Brian Morris, the head pro at Ocean View Golf Course, made his PGA Tour debut on a sponsor's exemption. Morris was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer and two years ago had surgery to remove a malignant brain tumor. Because of his various treatments, Morris has had a hard time standing for more than a half an hour, which is why he was allowed to take a cart last week. Yeah, we'll fast forward to Friday, and this was Morris tapping in. On the last, he was going to miss the cut, but still a celebration was in order. A couple days playing alongside his cousin and fellow Bermuda native Michael Sims there. What a story in Bermuda last week. Brian joins us now. And, Brian, I want to go back to Thursday. Take us back to that first tee on Thursday, the jitters. What was it like hearing your name announced in a PGA Tour event? Well, it was, it was so cool. Like, um, I I wasn't really too nervous over the first tee shot. I've hit that tee shot so many times before, but I sure did stink it up after that. Um, I think everything got to me. Um, it was surreal, though. It, it was so cool to see so many fans uh, to actually get my name announced as a, a PGA Tour player. It was pretty, it was really cool, man. I, I loved it. It's something I'll never, ever, ever forget. You know, Brian, you accomplished the dream of millions of people playing in a PGA Tour event. What was the biggest pinch-me moment, something you keep reliving over and over and over again? To be honest with you, I think it was going in the locker room where nobody else could go and seeing my name on the locker. And I was actually next to McDowell's locker, you know? And and that, that was like a, a pinch-me moment for sure. Like, 
my locker's next to Graham McDowell. Are you kidding me? It was that, 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 yeah, man, seriously. I was like, whoa. Um, and just to see the other guys hanging around, um, how they treat you. Um, you, you know, everybody's touching each other, like, boom, hey, good luck. And everybody's talking. It, it was, it was, um, that, that had to be like, I knew I was in it and I couldn't get out of it then. Morris and McDowell side by side. And at the end of the day, you were a player. You love this game. How would you describe how you played, how you handled the challenges of PGA Tour golf? Yeah, bro, I did not handle that well at all. <laughs> I stunk it up. I, I don't shoot the scores, but I think it had a lot to do with everything before, man. I was, I'm, I'm just a regular golf pro at, at, at a, you know, a nine-year golf course in Bermuda. Um, next thing I know, like, there's a story about me on, on the PGA Tour website. And people are calling me and asking me for my story. And it kind of blew up. And I didn't know how to handle it, to, to be honest with you. Um, I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Um, it, it was just so, so different. Like, here I am, just a regular guy, just a regular golf pro who loves golf and um, comes in seven days a week, not because I have to. It's because I, I just love the job that much. And all of a sudden, I'm a PGA Tour player, and it was probably a little overwhelming for me. Um, I can't exert a whole lot of energy as it is, um, but with all that added stuff, like I said, there's no regrets. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. So whatever I shot, um, I shot, but um, it, the, the whole experience was, was so cool. Brian, uh, there were rumors that the galleries were just kind of uh, multiplying as you were playing the uh, the golf tournament. What were the galleries like? What was that support like? Oh, it was a, it was amazing. You know what? It's it's funny because all those people that were there for me and the t-shirts and stuff, they've honestly been on this journey from me from you know from day one. It just so happened that they were all in the same place at the same time, which was um, so nice to see. Um, the, everybody there in the T-shirts, for them to actually make an effort to go get all those T-shirts printed and stuff. And I could guarantee you half of my cousins never even seen a golf course, let alone walk 18 hills with me. Um, so it, it it did so much, not, not just for me personally, um, for them. They got to hang out with, with people that support me um, that they didn't even know. You know, so it was it was pretty it was pretty cool. It was really, really nice. It was overwhelming, to be honest with you. Brian, no head pro would do an entire interview without the phone ringing. That's the true sign of a head <laughs> professional. So that has I to said, happen. I, no, I knew the phone was going to ring at some point. <laughs> uh, hey, Brian, you're, you're such an inspiration for so many people. It's been so fun to just watch you smile your way around a golf course. What do you say to people in similar positions to you battling something that's currently unbeatable, all the while living your life each day to its fullest? Just just don't give up. Just don't give up, man. It's it's hard. It takes um, a lot out of, to be honest, I just had chemo yesterday. And um, I, wasn't, I wasn't feeling that sharp, but I got up this morning um, and I put on golf shoes, you know, to come to work. And that, that kind of gets me through it. But my, my, my thing to everybody is, look, it's, it's, yeah, it's terrible. It's awful. Um, I wouldn't wish this on on anybody. But don't don't give up. And if you surround yourself with with positive people, um, I, I think you're gonna be you're gonna be okay. Like I have so much to live for, 
um, you know, like not just golf, the, my, my, my whole family, everybody. So, um, yeah, there's dawn times, man. There's pain. Um, there's everything. But you, you just have to stick it up and just just believe that, you know, good things will come out of this. And to be honest with you, this this is something that truly has um, come out of it. That's that's good. I, I believe that this will add a few more months onto my life. I think the adrenaline from it all will carry me over <laughs> till past Christmas. That's for sure. I have no doubt, Brian. So what is next for you? You're, you're fighting, but you're smiling, you're living. Are you going to go snorkeling, surfing, more golf? What, what do you want to do next? Well, I hate swimming and I hate <laughs> snorkeling, believe it or not. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to go golf with my boys on Thursday. We have a skins match every Thursday at, at, at my club. So um, I'll, I'll just go back. I, have, I host a big tournament. On the 20th of this month, the Johnny Walker Classic, we have that at Ocean View. Um, so I'm the host of that. Um, that's full. So I'll be working on that this week. And it's just, hey, Damon, it's just getting up and and continuing, you know. Um, I go back to Boston the 12th, I believe, 12th of December for my checkup and, and my results. And we'll see what happens then, you know. But until then, it's going to be playing golf and Hey, watching the Golf Channel. I love you guys. Man. You guys are so cool. What a job. Well, Brian, no snorkeling, but keep fighting, keep smiling. You've inspired so many people with your story, and thank you for your time. Hey, thank you guys so much, man. I, I really appreciate all of it. And whoever I could touch, however many, I'm so thankful for it and so appreciate it. So thank you guys so much. Love you guys, and you take care of yourselves. He is Brian Morris. No regrets living his life to the fullest, fulfilling a dream in Bermuda, in his homeland. Welcome back to golf today. How about some David Duvall career I'm into it. I'm into highlights. it. 1999 Players' Championship, par 3, 17 for birdie and a two-shot lead. He sinks it now in the par 4, 18. What a tough finish, but not for double D. And he knew what it meant. You know, this was kind of right when I was getting into golf viewing. Yeah. Like 97, 98, 99. Yeah. I just remember watching David Duvall thinking, he's going to win every event he's in contention in, and the guy does not falter. Gosh, he, he was a beast. Can we just say it? He was a beast. He, he was a we beast. showed this yesterday. This is my highlight of David Duvall of all time. Ryder Cup. In the kind of awkward double-handed, uh, we, we showed it yesterday, the double I fist love pump. I love that he stopped and, and shook hands. Yes. How about this? I was actually there at Lytham for Newsday in 2001, 20 years ago. Wins the Claret Jug, number one player in the world. Made a great speech, talked about hitting it to 30 feet and that the, the gallery still appreciated a good, tough shot on the links. Go to 2016 PNC Father Son Parent Child Event. Play <laughs> with a stepson in their tight. That's right. I tell you, for someone who accomplished so much in the game, the smile on David's face when he won, I mean, look at him. I, he, I might say, you know what? You can have the Claret Jug. You can have the players. <laughs> Christopher, I won with my boy. I mean, look at that grin. So good. So, so good. And do we have David now? I mean, David is waiting in the wings. He's in the bullpen right now. He's warming up. But check this out. Notable players. <laughs> Turning 50 or approaching 50, I mean, 
There you go, our, our buddy Nota Begay. I mean, we've got we've, you know what, Dameron. I'd say there's some there's some friends of the program. There on are this some list. friends. Is that fair to say? Yes. Justin Leonard on the list. David Duvall, 13 PGA Tour wins, turns 50 very soon, seven days away. Amazing November birthday for the former world number one, our colleague at Golf Channel and NBC. David, it's great to have you with us. I'm right behind you. I'm about to turn 50 myself. I'm not all that excited. <laughs> what are you most excited about in turning 50? That I made it here, you know? <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've had a, a blessed career, um, certainly uh, had ups and downs with it all. Um, uh, you know, as of even a year, year and a half ago, dealing with more injuries and more problems, having a neck surgery, tearing my hip, uh, just, just little things like this. Uh, I'm just excited. I'm going to turn 50 and be healthy and, and be playing good golf. Uh, be pra I've been practicing and playing and I'm just, uh, I'm just looking forward to, uh, Seeing a lot of the guys that I, I competed against, you know, more my peer group than anything else. I was lucky to go down to Jim Furyk's tournament uh, a few weeks ago and do a little charity outing for him uh, on the Saturday of his event. And, and to run into so many people I've played and competed against and get to talk to them, uh, it, it was really a, a lot of fun. My wife and I enjoyed it tremendously. And, and, and so... Just looking forward to the opportunity to play a few more, a few more events. I haven't, uh, you know, competed a whole lot for for nearly a decade. Um, too many, too many, too many little nagging problems. But uh, just excited for the opportunity. Um, excited, you know, as a as a golfer, as you guys know, you you, you play, uh, maybe not have been professionally, but uh, it's competitive, and, and everybody enjoys the competitiveness of it whether you're an amateur or professional. I'm looking forward to that as much as anything. David, for most of your career, the answer to this question would be an emphatic no. But are you nervous? Are you nervous to play professional golf? <laughs> um, well, your answer is probably spot on. It would have been, it would have been no. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, there is certainly a competitive rustiness involved in, in going out and playing with guys who, who have played for – you know, 25 plus weeks a year for a number of years again. Um, I don't know. I've never really looked at it, but I'll bet you I haven't played 50 times in the last eight or 10 years. And so uh, as much as anything, just excited about about the opportunity to go uh, to go play again a little bit. David, I'm going to betray a, a secret. During the Ryder Cup, I, I saw you in the back of the studio before your live from. You were making shadow swings you know, kind of there in the shadows by yourself. And I was kind of like, whoa. And I, like, picked up my phone and said, well, he's about to turn 50. So so what have you been working on? Oh, man. You know, I, I've worked on the, the same things my whole life. It's, it's all the same things I've tried to get my 16-year-old boy to do. Uh, you saw the highlight of, of Nick there at the PNC back in 16. The same things there. I have swung a golf club a certain way. I, I believe that's the proper way to swing it. It's how you produce consistency. Uh, and, and so I've just been trying to put that stuff back together. You know, years and years ago, you know, the questions were like, why would I try to change my golf swing? And, and never on any occasion did I try to change it. Just through the course of, uh, of playing and having injuries and having problems and losing confidence, I, I lost my golf swing. And, and I was only ever trying to restore it. And, and then – you know, spent a lot of time with various teachers and spent a, a, a lot of time with, with Jim Hardy and, and Chris O'Connell. Uh, but lo and behold, 
this, uh, I think it was May of, of this year, and I didn't get to meet him until probably June, July, but uh, Cherry Hills hired a teaching pro, and his name's Shane LeBaron, and he knows exactly what I've been trying to do. So I've been practicing and working with him and playing a fair amount and, and, and trying just to do what I know how to do, what I want to do, and, and really getting to even a better understanding of, of why I'm doing it. David, when do you make a decision to kind of pursue PGA Tour champions? Because I remember talking to Steve Flesh as he was getting close to 50, you know, just basically talking about turning 50 and what all needs to come. I've got to work out more. I've got to spend more time on the driving range. When did you make the decision that I'm going to go out, I'm going to compete, this is something I'm interested in doing? Well, I, you know, that right, right as of right now, I, I, you know, I don't know exactly what the whole schedule is going to be, what it's going to look like. Um, again, it's something I haven't done. I plan on playing, playing golf a fair amount. Um, will that be like, I think I saw on the, on the, on the television, maybe last week that in the, in the champions wraparound season, uh, Bernhard Langer had played in every one of those events. Um, I, I don't know if that will be the case. Uh, and, and, and it's a question that for me, um, which I foresee as we sit here and talk, I foresee no problems. Um, but 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 injury and health has always been an issue for the last number of years. But again, like I said, I'm healthy and 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 I'm 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 doing the things I want to do uh, on the golf course, on the practice ground. Um, so you you line it up with your with with Susan. I will sit down and and, and line it up and, and and look at it and figure out what all fits and what all works. Um, I don't know the exact number of total events they're going to have uh, next year, um, but certainly uh, plan on uh, competing a fair amount. David, we showed some highlights from your career earlier, and there are so many great moments. I mean, you shoot 59 in the final round, the Ryder Cup reaction, winning a major championship. You were one of those guys that when they were locked in, it was very scary to see. So was there one week in particular throughout your PGA Tour career where you feel like from the first tee to the last screen, David Duvall was at his best. He played his best golf. Was there one golf tournament that comes to mind? Uh, I, mean, I don't know if there was a, a, a single golf tournament that that was the case. Um, you know, the easiest round of golf I ever played was the final round at the Bob Hope when I shot 59. Uh, you know, yeah, it's 13 under par, but it just was easy that day. I didn't have to scramble. I didn't hole out. I didn't make 30 footers. I just hit next to the hole all day. Um, I, I feel like the 98 World Series at Firestone, uh, I was I was fairly, uh, I don't know if the word's invincible, but uh, I played really, really good golf. Um, but what, what Damon had said a, a, a few moments ago may ring true that one of my most proud moments, if not my proudest moment, was uh, was 2016 at the PNC. Um, what PNC does and the event they put on is just uh, a spectacular, spectacular week. It's the best golf week of the year, certainly uh, for the people who have been there and, and, and are able to compete in it. Um, and so to see, and it, it really rings true, which really has been a lot of fun for me to watch over the years, uh, virtually any time we've competed in the event, whether it's been me and Dino or me and Nick or, 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 or me and Brady, the boys have played the best golf uh, that they've ever played in those events. And, and you know, you put the ropes up, you put the cameras and, and, and the galleries, and it's been a lot of fun to watch them rise to those occasions and, and compete and play so great.
Well, David, as someone who covered you height of power, I'm just so pumped to have you back inside the ropes. I hope you bring the sunglasses as well. Happy yes. birthday. And we'll talk to you soon. It. All right. All right. Thank you.